in today's show. Looking at the waiver wire, players that have been added, players that have been dropped, players that you should add, players that you can drop. You know all the stuff that we do. And Michael Bolton, he knows as well. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. What a quick, funny story. There's always something funny that happens. And there's always new listeners and always new people coming in. But someone messaged me. I'm not going to call out who it was. He knows who he is. They sent me a message to say, hey, you listen to the podcast, um, paraphrasing here, um, how come you get that old guy to talk at the start and then you never talk to him again during the show? And I looked at it and went, I don't, I don't know if you're taking the piss. Um, I don't know. But the answer is, it's Michael Bolton, legendary pop singer, soft music singer, romantic music singer. It's Michael Bolton. That's it. He's not here. He's not in the studio. He's not my producer. He's, he's Michael Bolton. Go and Google who Michael Bolton is, and you will see that it is a pre-recorded intro every time. So I don't know if that person was taking the piss. If they were, it made me laugh. If they weren't, there's your explanation. Anyway, we're going to talk the waiver wire. There are 13 games on today. There's a one, there's an early one in Orlando because of a hurricane. So there's going to be some weird stuff going on, but I'm here to talk waiver wire. You know how we do these shows. Warney also knows, hey, by the way, Warney's not going to appear back because R.O.P., the legend, you know. He's not with us anymore, but he is here. He lives on in spirit. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The most added players over the last 48 hours using a variety of different sources. I use the Yahoo most added players. I use also our advanced roster percentage metric, which tries to sort through the wheat from the chaff, removing the inactive leagues, looking at the uh, higher quality leagues, looking at the paid leagues, that sort of stuff. So we get a better idea of where guys are moving. And sometimes you'll see you know, a guy rostered 30% on Yahoo, but using our advanced metric, they're up to 94 because the switched on leagues have grabbed that bloke. So that's I use those, right? So got both those things there. The most added player over the last 48 hours is Malik Monk. And I agree with it. I've been, I added Monk Sunday, I think. Um, and I was pretty interested to see where this goes. I don't know where it's going to go. Monk has been a beacon of inconsistency for a long time, but he's closing games over Keegan Murray. He's playing 30 minutes a night. He's getting pretty good assists. He's scoring well. He's clearly ahead of Davion Mitchell. I, I think he's worth a grab. Now, is the upside all that high? Not really. Like, it's not super high, but it's it's good enough. The value is there, and we'll get, again, always in fantasy, but let's get another data point. Let's get something else to take a look at. And we go, ooh, Okay, why did this happen? Why did that happen? Well, there's the inconsistency. There's the the stuff that we don't like, and then we make a decision. But if you push together another 29, 30-minute game here, yeah, it would be too late to add. So I, I do like adding Malik Monk. KJ Martin. Um, yeah, but not really. Like, I, he's he's had some good games. You know, you obviously cannot debate that those last couple of games from KJ Martin um, have been really strong. And over the last, what, week or so, he's the 104th ranked player. 
That is obviously really good. But, you know, the inconsistency. Last two games, 21 and 17. 21, 4 and 5, 17, 3 and 1. Great. The game before that, 2 and 3. And then the game before that, 23 and 6. And the game before that, 8 and 3. His role is really dependent on Jason Tate's presence, Jabari Smith's presence and form. And yeah, he pro- much like the problem we have with Tari preseason, yeah, Martin's buried in a mix of forwards. Gordon, Smith, Tate when he's healthy. There's Martin, there's preseason. There's a whole bunch of guys in there. So is he worth a grab? Yeah, well, the way he's playing, sure. Like, go for it. Over the last week, he's 104th, as I said, playing 25.8 minutes per night. Over the season, he's also playing 25.8 minutes per night, and he's 167th. So I think it's a little bit of an overreaction. He's doing it shooting 63% from the field these last three games, which, of course, isn't going to stick. He's also hitting 50% of his threes and 80% of his twos to make up that number, so it's going to drop. So I get it. It's a little bit of chasing, and I probably wouldn't waste moves on him. Probably. Obi Toppin. I don't want to hear any more about Obi-Wan. You know what, Anakin? I actually do want to hear a little bit more about Obi-Wan because with Mitchell Robinson out, I don't want to see Jericho. I don't want to hear any more about Jericho Sims. I know that much. Hartenstein, play him his minutes. And then let's see what Toppin can do in 25 minutes. Do I have confidence of old mate Captain Comover is going to do it? Of course I don't. But Toppin was really good last game. He was really good two games ago. And in the middle of that, he was shocking. So which one is it? I get adding him. Um, I think I did add him in one league. There's some value there. 15, 7, and 3 with four steals is amazing. 17 and 3 with three threes is pretty good. And they're the two games that we had without Robinson. Then one in the middle, 7 and 6 in 15 minutes. There's your there's your stinker. There's the one you don't love. And even still, over the last four games, he's still averaging 20 minutes. He can score okay, 13 points. But remember, 13 points in fantasy is below average in a 12-team league. You need 16 and a half. So while it looks good because it's double digits, and we love a double digit, don't we? That's why we Dutch rudder a triple-double. That's why we Danish backhand a double-double, because we love double digits. Right, we love them. So that's, yeah, that, you look at that, 13 points, great. Yeah, it's not. It's actually below average. And I think that, and then he, you know, doesn't get, never gets assists, not a great rebounder, never gets blocks. So he's got some value, but yeah. Mason Plumlee, no, forget what are you talking about. No, no, I, I don't get it. Why is he the fourth most added player? What for? What are we doing? No, no. Let's talk about Cameron Payne, because that's a good one. Chris Paul is out today. This is the same thing as the Davion Mitchell thing last week. Darren Fox went down. We didn't know how long he'd be out. Grab his backup. Didn't work out with Mitchell, and that'll happen. Chris Paul gets injured. Grab his backup. And Chris Paul is not playing today. And Cameron Payne can be around the 100th best player if Chris Paul is out. It might be one game. It probably doesn't extend past a week. Chris Paul's almost as old as me. So he's going to take longer to heal. Pun unintended. So you grab Payne, and you roll with him. It's a great pickup. It is one that if he is still on your wire, you add him. This is why you have a streaming spot. This is why you have or you know who your worst player is. To get a guy who might actually push top 75 as long as Paul is out. And then, much like you did with Bismack Biombo or last season you did with Omer Yurtseven, you piss him straight off. Really easy. is an easy ad. He who shall not be named. Why don't you say his name, Josh? Because I'm sick of this shit. I'm sick of the lack of respect that the Orlando Magic have given us regarding, number one, their power forward from Florida State, regarding injury updates. An ACL is a 10 to 12-month injury. 10 to 12 months. John, Johnny, I almost said his name. Ooh. 
Um, he has been out since August 2020. That is, for those of you keeping count at home, over two years. And they have not told us why. And we still don't know when he's coming back. But people saw the report that he's doing five-on-five work and they grabbed him. Is he going to play 25 minutes a night? Probably not. Is he going to play back-to-backs? Almost definitely not. When is he returning? Absolutely nobody knows. I know he was great before he got hurt with big defensive. He only played 29 minutes a game before he got hurt. And he's not going to play ahead of Paolo, Franz, or Wendell. Maybe not ahead of Bol. I, I just think it's an absolute waste. Sure, if you've got an open injured slot, no worries. I really don't see it paying off. Cam Thomas. He's been added everywhere. Cam Thomas is a very good option because he scores really well and he helps your free throws. That, that's good. And that's why people love him. He does struggle in some other areas. And I do think, again, we still have to see what happens if Ben Simmons doesn't play 16 minutes and Seth Curry doesn't play 15 minutes. Now, Curry maybe doesn't jump up. Maybe Simmons doesn't either. I don't know. But I don't think as the Nets, who hired a new head coach, Jacques Vaughn today, will want to stick with Cam Thomas playing 30 minutes a night every night. So it's fine. I don't think there's long-term value there. Well, Trey Murphy... I think with the uncertainty around Larry Nance, who's still questionable at me, at me, uh, well, at me, at time of recording here, he's still questionable. They will play Murphy more, but we saw the game prior to that that Murphy's got 18 minute downside, which makes him a hard hold, or you know, a hard to hold player. So people have scurried back to get him because of Nance, and I get that. That that is totally fine. Um, but I think he's going to be sort of oscillating, vacillating. Which one of those is the right word? Someone will know. Mr. Dictionary, who's listening to this, will know and tell me which one of those is the right word. Um, between those between those sort of areas eh, as to whether he's valuable enough. And I don't really know that. But I do know how valuable it is for good hires because today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn. And if you are in charge of hiring at your company, you know that it's an absolute pain to hire and it is absolutely crucial to your business's success to make those right hires. Because if you don't, it just costs you tons of money, time, productivity, sales, Everything positive about your business goes out the window if you screw it up. And that's why LinkedIn Jobs is here to help. Helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. It's easy. You go and create that job. Then you go into your LinkedIn profile and you add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile. And that spreads the word that you are hiring. Simple tools like the screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience. So you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs. Number one, in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions, oh yeah, they apply. We always start really slow on these shows. The most dropped players. And there's not a lot I'm going to say about these guys, I don't think. Why Tyus Jones is the most dropped player? Sure. Why was he added in so many leagues to be dropped? I don't know. There's no reason for him to be rostered in 10 or 12, maybe even 14. Now, he's one of those guys, like Campaign, like Davion Mitchell. If Jar goes down, you immediately run and grab Tyus Jones. Is he going to blow you away with top 40 numbers? Of course he isn't. But can he be a steady top 80 guy? Yeah. Yeah, he can. Right? And that's great. But holding on to him now, I I don't, don't see why we would. The Shark. Bruce Brown. That is reacting to just one bad game. Now, I won't say that his upside's particularly high, but if KCP or Murray or Porter or Gordon gets hurt, Brown will play 30 minutes. He's already playing 25 a night anyway. And nearly every single game, he plays more minutes than Bones Highland. Nearly every single game. So last game, he hurt his ankle early in the first quarter, I think it was, and then played six first half minutes. Got it strapped back up. Played 18 second half minutes, but his overall production was down. 
and bonuses went up. So people dropped him. I don't... Look, out of everyone on this list, and I agree with basically everyone, except maybe one, um, I, I would keep him. I don't know why he'd be one of the most dropped. Why is Markel Fultz one of the most dropped players? That's an interesting one. Okay, I, I do think that there is a real chance that Fultz can be um, a useful player this season. He's obviously behind the eight ball because he hasn't played yet to begin this season. Um, but why Why now? Why are people waiting to drop him now? Maybe there are other people they needed to add. I don't believe there's been any update on his toe injury. I don't expect him back this week, and hopefully it's soon. And I get it. I, I get dropping. I just don't get dropping him now. And I think he'll be someone that may may push the top 100 later on this season. Trey Mann. Yeah, look, he should have been dropped weeks ago. Absolutely no. He's not even top 200 player this season. So even when he was getting the big minutes, he wasn't good. Like, he had a couple of good scoring games, and again, we inflate double digits. He had 14 points, Josh. That's great. Is it, though? It's, it's okay. Yeah, hitting some threes is fine, but he's so empty everywhere else. Like, he shouldn't be rostered. Chris Boucher. Literally the worst player in the NBA on Monday. Like, that's how bad that game was from him. He can be better than that. But this is the downside of Boucher, and it's the downside of the Raptors' rotation that you don't know what's going to happen with those big men every game. I totally get it. I probably would hold. His teammate, the big sneeze, Prince Shua, yeah, see you later. He had no business being rostered in 12s. Boucher is probably worth a hold while Siakam is out. This is one that, amazingly, I don't know how it's possible. I actually probably disagree with dropping Lonnie Walker. Hello. Now, in saying that, his upside is nowhere near as high as bag Twitter would make you think. Bucket Twitter. Like, no, he's, he's like the 130th best player this season. He's still shooting horribly from three. Lonnie Walker's game has, in the past, been 14 points, four rebounds, two assists, you know, half a steal, half a block, 41% shooting, which is really bad for fantasy. He has stepped it up by playing a lot more minutes this season. I'll be very interested to see what happens when Schroeder returns. And there's always the chance of a, a trade coming in and annihilating his value. Because again, he isn't very good. But I probably wouldn't have dropped him here. It's a curious call to have made him one of the most dropped players. I don't think I would have done that. He's actually still questionable for today with an illness. Zach Collins out for like four weeks with a non-displaced leg fracture. This bloke just can't stay healthy. But what this does mean is Goldfinger, Charlie Bassey, but deeper leagues, 20 teamers, 30 teamers. He's going to be their backup center. And I think Goldfinger is really good. I think Charles Bassey is actually going to be a good player. And I think he'll have a, maybe a two to three year run in the NBA where he's a 24-minute-a-night starting center, like like the Mason Plumley role at the moment. I think he can be that good, and we're going to get an opportunity to see that. That's exciting for me to see. Uh, who thought you get me getting excited about Charlie Bassey? Um, I'm excited to see that. With, not, it's not great for Collins. Obviously, he's a drop. But I'm excited to see what Bassey can do. So let's go to the next list, and I'll do a quick disclaimer. What does this mean? What does must roster mean? Okay, what does the italicized names mean? On if you're watching on YouTube, that's points league specific stuff or more points league specific. We'll talk about that in a sec. What does must roster mean? These, these are guys who are available in over 20% of Yahoo leagues. They might, they're probably all gone in your league and I'd hope they are. But if they're not, these are all top 100 players. So if you're in a six-team league, yeah, probably doesn't apply to you. But on, I'm going to be honest with you, a lot of my content's not going to apply to you in a six-team league. In an eight-team league, it's probably borderline. 10s, 12s, anything up, these are all must roster guys. Josh Hart. These first four names are... They're going, look, nearly every one of these names applies right across the board. But the top four here are more category specific. And you should not be having these guys on a wire in a category league that's 10 teams or more. 
Josh Hart. I don't know why I need to explain that. Kelly Linick. I definitely don't need to explain that. What are you doing? He needs to be rostered. Mick Conley. Absolute no-brainer. But what about a trade? You know what? If a trade happens, figure it out later. Absolutely just figure it out later. It does not matter. I do not care if he gets traded on January the 20th or on December the 4th. It does not matter. Alinek and Conley, people will be steering clear. Don't worry about it. The Jazz are the number one team in the West. Will they stay there? Probably not. Can they be a playoff team? Yeah, I think they actually can. They're so fun. And good. The other guy is Jalen Suggs, who I do believe is a must-roster player. Anthony, Fultz, Harris, all out. And that could change really easily. And in three weeks' time, he might not be a must-roster player. But for now, he is. There's going to be percentage issues you have to stomach. I know that. But you should roster him. Now, these next four are more points league-specific guys. These are all like top 110 points league guys I'm going to talk about, I think. And in category leagues, I think they should be rostered too. But it's more, more useful in, in points. Jaden Ivey. I think he's a top 100 points there guy. I think he's going to have category issues because of some of the uh, efficiency deficiencies. Yeah, there you go. But I do, in points leagues, that doesn't matter really. Spencer Dinwiddie. He's like a 30, 40 spot better player in points versus categories. He still should be on a, a points league roster. Sorry, a category league roster. But he's more 110, 120 sort of guy, I think, rest of the season, 130 maybe, because of his issues at times with efficiency or lack of steals or complete absence of rebounds or three-point volume. That, that impacts him. Points leagues, he, he's got to be rostered. Sticks. Jalen Smith. By this is probably a blanket one for cats and points. But his lack of efficiency has really hurt in category leagues. And in points leagues, that doesn't damage you. It does damage you because he doesn't score as much, but he needs to be rostered in all leagues. And the last one is Aaron Gordon. Now that one for category leagues is, it's borderline, right? I think that in 12-team category leagues, you can probably, 10-team, I wouldn't bother with Aaron Gordon in a category. In a points league, I would. I think I would. Especially in a 12-team points league, he is much higher priority to me, Aaron Gordon than he is in a 12-team category league. So for points leagues, I think he probably should be on a roster. Let's look at some hot players. These are guys that over the last week are top 100 sort of guys. And that means we need to pay attention. And they're not on the list of most added players. Poku, Alexei Pokushevsky. He's injured. So yes, we should have tried him out. But no, we don't have to hold. There's too much uncertainty with the rotation with him and the Thunder. Too much uncertainty with his own individual performance game to game. We drop him and we watch. Jordan Goodwin. Bradley Beal is out again. And the Wizards. The Wizards have a really good schedule this week. They play tomorrow. Not many players do. Not many teams do. And that makes Goodwin at least an interesting stream for tomorrow with Beal out. Now, his last two games have been absolute best case scenario for Goodwin. So I don't think he's going to maintain that, right? But he might be, just quietly, don't tell anyone. Maybe he's better than Monty Morris. He might be a better option than Monty Morris. Oh, I just said it out loud. Oh, sorry. Um, and he's getting the minutes. I know he's better than Johnny Davis. And he's been contributing more than Will Barton. With so few games on, if you add him today, well, it doesn't matter that he doesn't play. There's 13 games on. You just might get a, just a little leg up with Bill already out. That's one to watch. The two Bucks guys. Grayson Allen and Javon Carter. Drew Holiday's out. Giannis is out. These guys, even before those two players are out on Wednesday, they're somehow top 100. I don't really know how. Steals really for Carter. Threes for Allen. Are they anything more than streamers? No. No, they're not. But 
it'll be a little boost for them again today. And then two rookies, Tari preseason. He is, I think I cheated. I think he's 101st over the last week. And with Tate out, look, he, he is, no one is denying that Tari preseason is a good player. What we are concerned is, is the million players in front of him and the way that he gets deprioritized by Silas. Tate out is helping. Smith struggling is helping. He's more of a luxury stash in the Isaiah Jackson category. But as we've seen over the last week, 101st ranked player. That's good enough to hold. And this man, AJ Griffin, a guy that inexplicably in my man, in my mind, unless it was just injury related, fell in the draft, inexplicably has been playing behind um, Aaron, uh, Aaron Holiday, but more importantly, Justin Holiday, who has been trash. And last game without Trey Young, he went out there, played 31 minutes and dominated. And to be honest, every time I've seen him on the court in a rotation role, he's looked good. It's only been like twice or three times, but he's looked good. He's like 102nd over the last week, fueled by Monday's game. If you're in a 16-team league, he is an ad. If you're in a 14-team league, he is a consideration. Um, the problem is going to be that, like, yes, he's better than both holidays. Yes, he might be better than DeAndre Hunter. I know I said it the other day, how can you finally say that? There's no way he'll be better than Hunter next season. Have you watched DeAndre Hunter? Like, this is not a high bar to clear. Being better than DeAndre Hunter is not a high bar to clear. So me saying that AJ Griffin might be better than DeAndre Hunter next season, I don't know how that is outrageous in the slightest. He might not be. He probably isn't, but you can't rule it out. Like I can rule out and say that Jared Roden's not going to be better than DeAndre Hunter next season. I can say that. I can also say that Jarrett Culver is not going to be better than DeAndre Hunter. I can rule that out. I can't do it for Griffin. I think that we might find by the time we hit January that him and Bogdanovich are playing the most minutes off this bench. Is he an ad? Probably not, because I just don't see the 22, 23-minute-a-night roll happening right now. But it's absolutely one we want to watch. And then, let's just go to some other names worth worth mentioning. Isaiah Hardenstein. Last game, they started Jericho Sims. Hardenstein played 21 minutes. He's an immediate drop, right, Josh? We've got to drop him. I mean, no. This was a guy that was top 100 before Mitchell Robinson got hurt. And then he played 38 minutes and played 21 minutes. But we look at it and go, oh, Jericho Sims, 21 minutes, got to drop him. He's got, he, no, no, please no. I mean, do whatever you want. It's your team. It's not my problem, right? But the logic behind that is it's reactive. If you're going, oh, 21 minutes, see you later. What am I doing? Why am I holding him? Look at the rest of the work. Look, look at the rest of it. Do you believe in your heart that Jericho Sims is the guy that's going to get 20 minutes every night? You shouldn't. He might but you shouldn't believe that is the likely scenario. And regardless, this bloke in 22, 23 minutes is a top 100 player. So please don't drop Isaiah Hartenstein. Larry Nance is an ad, but if he misses time, he's a drop. Simple as that. Bung knees. And if he's going to miss a game with a knee, he's going to miss two games with a knee. He's going to miss a week with a knee. He might miss two weeks. He might miss three weeks. He might miss four weeks. This is what happens with Larry Nance. If he plays today, all about holding. If he's out today, I reckon I'd probably drop him. That, that's the Larry Nance experience. The big stiffy Bones Highland. He has been good the last week. I think he's been like top 60. Few factors involved in that. And I'd like to see a game where A, it's not a blowout, or B, someone in the rotation is not hurt to see how many minutes he actually gets. Is he still behind uh, Bruce Brown? What he did do last game, though, is play a lot of minutes over Christian Brown. So I can get, I get at him. I, I, I see that. And I'm not 100% convinced with it. Christian Coloco, he's not a 12-team league guy. He's a block streamer, one outlier against the Bulls. Maybe he has another outlier today. I don't know. 
But much like Boucher and Achua that we talked about earlier, that there's just too many centers there. And he's a phone, phone prowl? No, foul prone. I don't think he's a 12-team guy. Um, Miles Bridges bring that name up because people have been adding him and people are also getting excited, which is it feels icky to say, I'm excited about Miles Bridges after he bashed his missus because he put a restraining order on his ex-wife because she was harassing him at his house and stole his dog and just the whole situation is crazy and it's messed up and I feel really sorry for those kids for those some of those stories and that thing about Bridges putting the restraining order on. But him putting a restraining order on his ex-wife does not mean that the NBA is going to be like, oh, well, she's obviously the problem. I can see why he bashed her. So therefore, come back in. Oh, I, 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 that is, I think, maybe subconsciously, some of the logic some people might be using there. Oh, well, she, look at her. She's crazy. She probably deserved it. Oh, I think he'll be fine now. And I honestly, the restraining order is not like she was going in there and attacking him and throwing knives at him and ninja stars or whatever. She was sitting in his um, driveway. He, she was pestering him. And I, that's not good. That's stalking. You can't do that, right? But I don't think it means that, yeah, Miles Bridges is going to be back soon. I don't think it is. Josh Green. I don't know why I left this guy to last. I love him. I think he's going to be really good. I think he's better than Reggie Bullock really, Bullock really soon. Um, every game over the last two weeks, minutes have increased. He's shooting well. He defends well. He passes well. If you want to get ahead of the curve and you're in 14-team leagues, you add him now. And I don't actually hate adding him in 12-team leagues. I think that we're going to see a little run from him. He might turn into, a name we've mentioned a lot today, a Bruce Brown-type player. Very interested in Greeny. And then the last name I'm going to put out there because people like him. I, don't, I, I have literally got questions because he up, got upgraded to Doubtful. Hey, do I add Marvin Bagley in a 12-team league? Like, no, you don't. No, 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 you don't. A, do you think Marvin Bagley is going to start over Isaiah Stewart? How much is he going to impact Jalen Duran and how many minutes is he going to get? And A, we have seen Marvin Bagley play 25 minutes a night in the past and be nowhere near category league 12-team value. Points league in 26 minutes, yes, he gets there, right? He is a 12-team points league guy in 26 minutes. How he gets 26 minutes, I have no idea. So because this name has been brought up to me multiple times, I'm telling you now, no, I, I wouldn't do it. But I am notoriously anti-Marvin Bagley. Nothing against the bloke, although his dad is pretty frustrating. I just think he's a terrible NBA player. And also, the numbers would back me up that he's a bad fantasy contributor. So I'm not wasting a roster spot waiting for this guy to come back who's coming back into an uncertain role. And on that positive note, well, that'll do it for me today. Don't forget, follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Odyssey, and on YouTube. I want thumbs. I want bells. I want subscribes. Do it all. And I've got a mustache. If you want a free mustache ride, free mustache ride, not guaranteed, you can go and donate to Movember as I grow this mustache look stupid and support men's mental health, suicide prevention, prostate cancer, and testicular cancer. There's a link in the description below. There's a link um, in the show notes. I've been giving the wrong website. It's au. The website is au.movember.com. And then just search Josh Lloyd and you'll find me there. And we are getting close to 1,500 donations, which would be awesome. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.